Hello, and thank you for listening to this Fun Board Council podcast. This is a 15 minute excerpt of our longer podcasts, and the full podcasts are available exclusively to Fun Board Council members via their member portal. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about membership, please do contact us via our website at funboards.org. In the meantime, happy listening. Good afternoon and, and welcome to this Fun Boards Council Roundtable discussion, where today we will be discussing the FCA's Sustainability Disclosure Requirements, or SDR. I'm Brandon Horwitz, a Senior Advisor and Non-Executive Director of FBC. I'll shortly hand over to our speakers today. I just wanted to let you know that the event is being held under the FBC House Rules, which are a little bit like the Chatham House Rule, in that any reporting after the event will not attribute any comments to individuals, but our meetings are recorded and we make them available exclusively <laughs> through our Secure Fund Boards Council portal to our members. We'll be hearing today from three excellent speakers, starting with Mark Manning, who leads the FCA's policy work on sustainable finance and investor stewardship. We'll then hear perspectives from Julie Patterson, a Fund Board Independent Non-Executive Director at Capital Group UK, and Sandra Carlyle, Head of Sustainability at Jupiter Asset Management. We will be running an event of two halves. In the first half, we're going to look at, from a high level, why the SDR regulation is being introduced and what outcomes the FCA is expecting from these interventions. In the second half, we're going to look in a bit more detail at how the FCA expects firms to implement the regulation, including covering some technical questions and looking at the roles and responsibility of the executive versus the fund board. So without any further ado, um, I'd like to pass over to Mark. Thank you very much indeed, Brandon. And it's a great pleasure to be here uh, this afternoon to talk to you about the recent proposals um, that we've published on sustainability disclosure requirements and sustainable investment labels. So this, uh, th th this, this piece of work has uh, been running for a little while now. Uh, we published our initial discussion paper uh, back in November uh, 2021, and we've um, we've been engaging very actively uh, with respondents to that discussion paper and with a disclosures and labels advisory group that we established for this purpose. So I'm going to spend the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes just walking you through the key elements of our proposals and <clears throat> give you a bit of a sense, as Brandon said, uh, of what we're looking to achieve and why we've taken the approach that we have. I'll also spend a little bit of time um, talking about how the final proposals uh, as published last week have um, essentially built on some of the ideas that we initially uh, included in our discussion paper almost a year ago. So let's look first at the basic shape of the regime. <clears throat> what are we looking to achieve here? So ultimately, there are three main outcomes that we're looking to achieve. First of all, we recognise that consumers are increasingly uh, keen to see how their money um, is doing good. So they're interested not only in financial risk and return, but also 
in the environmental and or social uh, sustainability outcomes that uh, arise from their investment. But it's a very confusing landscape. There are a vast array of products with different objectives, um, but very often describing their strategies using similar language and in a similar way. So it's a difficult landscape for consumers to navigate. So one of the outcomes we're looking to achieve through this work is to help consumers navigate this market more effectively. A second important outcome that we're looking to achieve is uh, an improvement in trust in the market. And the quote from the paper that you see at the top of the screen there uh, reflects what we're uh, looking to address in that respect with our proposals. There are growing concerns that firms may be making exaggerated, misleading or unsubstantiated sustainability related claims. So this greenwashing concern is one that we're looking to tackle through our proposals. And then the third is just to improve transparency more broadly in the market, ensure that we've got good information running right through um, the investment chain so that uh, <clears throat> we're improving market integrity through the uh, provision of better information um, at each point in the value chain. To tackle these three outcomes or to deliver on these three outcomes, um, we're proposing a package of measures. There's no single measure that will um, simultaneously achieve all of these outcomes. And so the, uh, on, on the screen here, you can see the key areas in which we're looking to um, introduce new regulation and guidance. First of all, classification and labeling of sustainable investment products. We want to ensure that consumers can distinguish between those products that are genuinely seeking to um, achieve positive sustainability outcomes uh, alongside a financial return versus those that are merely considering ESG or not, or, or, or not even uh, doing that. So that um, uh, is, lo we're looking to achieve that at a high level through a labeling and classification regime. And we're complementing that with um, a pithy accessible set of consumer facing disclosures uh, that can give consumers the essential information they need on what a product is seeking to achieve, how it's going about it, and um, how it is performing against its sustainability-related claims and objectives over time. We're then proposing a more detailed layer of disclosures at both the entity and the product level, and these will build from our TCFD disclosure rules that were introduced for asset managers at the start of this year. The fourth element of our regime is naming and marketing rules. And what we're proposing here is that our classification and labeling of sustainable investment products will uh, incorporate a set of qualifying criteria that set a high bar for um, for, for um, application of the label. So where a product does not meet that uh, standard, 
we are proposing that there will be restrictions on the naming and marketing of those products um, so that we address directly and head on the uh, greenwashing risk associated with um, making claims that don't stand up to scrutiny. And then the final element of the uh, package is rules for distributors. We recognize that many consumers access um, sustainable investment products via platforms. And so we want to ensure that when that is the case, uh, the platform makes available the labels and the uh, accompanying disclosures so that consumers can access all the information they need to make that informed decision. So that's the, that's the uh, regime at a very high level. I think it's important to say that this is a first step and there are a number of areas in which we're looking to build on uh, these initial rules and evolve the regime over time. And I'll talk a little bit about that later in my presentation. So let's look at um, some of the some of these areas of intervention in a little bit more detail, beginning with the um, high level classification and labeling of sustainable investment products. So we're proposing three labels, um, three categories, and these are classifying products based on what a product is seeking to achieve, based on its intentionality. Uh, they're also distinguishing between sustainable investment products uh, according to the primary channel by which a fund ultimately aims to have a positive sustainability impact, either for environment or uh, for society. So let me give a little bit of a sense of these three categories. So first of all, sustainable focus. <clears throat> Here, we're looking at products that are ultimately seeking to um, uh, improve sustainability outcomes indirectly by investing predominantly, and we're suggesting a 70% threshold here, uh, predominantly in assets that might be regarded as already sustainable. Uh, so what we're proposing is that these funds would have either a um, reference standard for sustainability, which might, for example, be green revenues, or they would, um, they would be seeking to <clears throat> invest in accordance with a sustainability theme. And um, one example that we've included in the consultation paper is uh, that the fund would be investing in, a, a fund might be investing in um, uh, assets issued by companies in the waste and water sector. The second category is sustainable improvers. And this category we think is really important because it, uh, it, it accommodates and uh, legitimizes the journey. Essentially, it recognizes that we're not going to transition uh, to a sustainable future overnight. Uh, and it is a perfectly legitimate sustainable investment strategy to invest in those assets that are poised to become more sustainable over time, including with the influence of the investor through their stewardship activities, for example. So here we're, um, we're suggesting that um, these, 
these products might be invested quite broadly. Uh, the asset manager would uh, apply an asset selection approach that selects assets that might be best placed and best poised to improve. And then they would exercise their stewardship influence to accelerate and embed uh, that improvement in at the assets sustainability over time. And then the third category is sustainable impact. And here we're looking at uh, products that are directly claiming to pursue real world change. And they are looking to invest potentially in social or environmental sustainability solutions. <clears throat> they would operate with a clearly defined theory of change. They might be quite um, targeted in the assets that they invest in. Um, and they would commit to measuring their contribution to real world uh, change on an ongoing basis. So these are all these are all legitimate sustainable investment strategies. We're not suggesting any hierarchy between them, but we think it's important that a consumer is able to use these labels as a high level navigation device um, when uh, selecting sustainable investment products. And importantly, um, any product that uh, fails to meet the qualifying criteria for such labels would, um, would, would then face uh, restrictions on how it um, names and markets its products. Let me look now at the underlying qualifying criteria because they're quite uh, essential to the overall package and, and the uh, classification of products. So here, the, the, the visual on the left-hand side of your screen <coughs> gives, us, gives, gives an overview of how we have structured the qualifying criteria. Essentially, we have um, set out, in the first instance, five principles, um, uh, each covering a different aspect of product uh, design and delivery. There would then be a set of uh, cross-cutting key considerations associated with each of the five principles, and then a set of category-specific uh, key considerations that will determine uh, which particular uh, label would apply. These, the principles and key considerations are all then reflected in the draft rules that are included in the consultation paper. And then we have a set of what we call non-handbook guidance uh, included in um, an additional annex to the consultation paper, uh, setting out some uh, additional guidance elements that will help uh, firms actually apply the, uh, the, the, the qualifying criteria in practice. So the five overarching principles cover the following aspects. First of all, how the sustainability objective is framed. Second, the investment policy and strategy that is then applied to uh, deliver on that objective. Then a set of key performance uh, indicators that <clears throat> will essentially, um, again, flow from the objective um, and be a basis um, on which the asset manager can be uh, held to account over time. 
We hope you enjoyed that uh, 15 minute excerpt. If you did and you'd like to find out more about how you can access the full recording uh, or about FBC membership in general, please contact us via our website at funboards.org.